bravery is there in the way they play. And what about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, thought a sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett, the three of them in the background. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. So many critics, these pundits. I absolutely adore them, lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. I'd like to play the hard man when, when they're on it. It's not very pleasant when you're trying to manage a team. All you're looking for is a bit of civility and a bit of decency, but they just dismiss you like, like you know, you have nothing to do with the bloody occasion. 20 past 8, Friday morning. Good morning to you, wherever it is you are at. Do keep comes coming into us. Plenty flooding in about Liverpool and Manchester United and uh, plenty more besides as well. If any thoughts about the GEA, particularly for the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes, do lash them into us. Uh, uh, myself and Owen are now joined for the uh, weekly quick picks. Will and Tommy, good morning to you. Morning, lads. Morning. What's happening? How are you? All good? Yeah. We would do want to remind our... Uh, Sunday, Friday of a bank holiday, Adrian, all looks like it's set up for a nice weekend. And now we'll have a strike rate of probably around 15% of the quick picks to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a look at the scoreboard in a minute, Will. But before all of that, I want to remind uh, our audience, and maybe what could be breaking news, some of our audience on, that the uh, football pod with Paddy Andrews Ooh. and James O'Donoghue are hitting the road this summer and we want uh, our audience to be there. Now this is, I must uh, confess, Tommy's 15th time to be on air to talk about this. So... Um, we can put that out there, Tommy. But first up on this uh, summer tour, you're off to Castlebar. Going to Castlebar, Adrian. We're really excited. It's June the 2nd. Tickets are available now. Are they still available? Or will we, we'll find out in a little while. I think they were, they were going very fast yesterday. So um, tickets are available now. And it's in Mayo, but it's not going to be just about Mayo. So if you're from a neighbouring county, it's the week after the Connacht final. Qualifiers are coming up that weekend. I've had a couple of clubs on to me already. They're thinking about getting a bus down, a bit of a team bonding session, staying in Castlebar that night. June 2nd, it's the Thursday before the bank holiday weekend. I want to give you a few recommendations for pubs on there as well. He's basically Castlebar's well, there's favorite a, There is only one pub that matters in Castlebar, of course, which is McBurn's. Uh, yeah. will, will there be medium and chips uh, for the wider public that night, I wonder, rather than, you know, just people who've uh, done the town of service? Like, Remind like us what me. the medium is. It's half, half a pint. Well, you know, if, if he likes you, he'll fill it up to about seven eighths and uh, and chips. From I think half only a pint of what? Guinness. He Stout. pours half a pint and serves it up to you. Adrian it's just doesn't get it. I mean, I want people to go no. to the show, but Adrian just doesn't get it. Adrian, you won't, you wouldn't be getting. Uh, I'm not surprised whatsoever. People get it. He, yeah. Like, I mean, Adrian will be. Um, are you going to like bring a case of wine with you, and you're going to bring your own cheese? Like, I mean, no, no, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, that's 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 proper Guinness territory, oh, but I mean, I can't the half pint stuff. I just can't have like what's, what's your drink of choice? Terrible Guinness. Yeah, I'm sure it is Guinness or a glass, nice glass of red wine. I'm, is sure, I'm sure it is. Uh, OTBSports.com forward slash events. You get more of this type of banter on the stage uh, on the night. Tommy's guaranteeing it. Well, um, no, I'm guaranteeing points. It's an over 18s event. Okay, sorry, just to let okay. people know. So I'm guaranteeing points. <laughs> Castle Bar, June 2nd, place to be. You might or might not see Owen. He's got form down there, so you know, it could be a special appearance. Um, OTBsports.com forward slash events to get your tickets. Now, right, quick picks. Have we got a table of what happened last week? 
No. We don't, no. right. Thanks, Will. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take whatever help I'm, give, I'm given. Are we starting afresh this week? Are we... Are we what, the, Tommy is sort of half running the show and not really running the show and Cullum's not running no, the show. No, we'll do. We'll have that conversation again. Let's get straight We've into the Quick Picks then. more too. reboots than Spider-Man at this stage to <laughs> We've, Quick Picks this year. We have no other option but to get headlong into it. And we're going to start with the hurling. I'm going to start with Claire, uh, Cork against Clare, I should say. And uh, this is split on myself and Tommy are all going Clare Ashling and Will are going Cork um, and like it is there are a couple of these fixtures that were actually really hard to call my logic here Will and I'll throw it to you to begin with was uh, for Clare was last weekend winning at Semple like Tony Kelly was my response when I came to predicting games last year and predicting Clare to win and Cork like just hard to judge at the minute like any team beaten by Limerick are hard to judge only that it was 11 points and that was kind of what swung it for me in Clare's direction yeah, the funny thing about last weekend was that it wasn't even the Tony Kelly show. Now, Tony Kelly did an awful lot, particularly uh, with his running to create space for others, but it wasn't a case of Superman Tony last week. It was really Peter Duggan and Shane O'Donnell coming back into the team and adding an extra dimension to that Clare side against Tipperary. Now, Tipperary did not play well, but that does not take away from the fact that Clare were excellent. John Conlon, again, is settling in very well at centre-half back, and some of his runs forward were creating chances for others. Duggan seemed to catch every long ball that Clare put in, and Clare put in three goals. It was almost like a blitzkrieg attack against Tipperary. Now, in the second half, Tipperary offered up some, or sorry, Clare offered up some chances to Tipperary. The Cork's quick forward line will be hoping to maybe exploit this coming weekend. The reason I'm back in Cork, though, is that I'm half expecting a response from them after what happened against Limerick. They were able to go to Ford Island last weekend. They had the week off. They've been able to maybe dust themselves off after what was a pretty comprehensive defeat that they took against Limerick in round one. And Cork's backs are up against the wall. Like, if they lose this game, not ideal they have to go to Semple Stadium because of you know Ed Sheeran playing at Porky Cueve. They would much prefer this to be on Lee side as opposed to having to go to a Semple Stadium where Clare picked up a win against Tipperary last week, as you mentioned. But I just think there's maybe a kick in Cork, and I'm backing them to provide a response. But ooh, like to try and back this Cork team when you see how things went in the league final, how they went against Limerick in the two games that mattered so far. I realise that I'm probably going slightly against logic expecting this Cork team to do it. But I've been impressed in some other games by Cork this year. It's just if we can see a performance like, say, the second half against Kilkenny in the league semi-final or some of the games like Galway at home, which they played in the league, this Cork team has more than enough ability to take down Clare. But by golly, I'm not confident about this pick whatsoever. I think they're favourites, aren't they, Will Cork, to win this game? But like, yeah, it, it, just, just about. But like, this yeah. is not one that if I was going down to the bookmakers, I'd want to be putting a whole lot of money on if I was going to back Cork. Because if Clare hurl like they did last week, and if Cork are in any way flaky whatsoever, Clare go two wins out of two, and a team who the bookmakers had made fifth favourites to qualify out of Munster would be really well placed to qualify. So mm. aside from just the game itself, this is a really important match in the shake-up for the qualification from the Munster Championship. If Cork Cork lose, I think it's all but done for them because I don't see them beating Waterford. And if Clare win, they're in a really strong place to qualify. Definitely, it's like as far as like literal like mini league games go, this feels close enough to knockout. And it feels if Cork lose, you're going to have Darrow Shea next week saying the Cork hurlers are also a disgrace. And if they win, it'll be like, oh, Cork are back. Are they actually the second best team in the country? So like I think that that's ah, yeah, the, I think yeah, that's yeah. the spectrum of outcomes here with regards to a win or a loss and then obviously the very black and white notion of an extra two points on the board and I think whoever wins this game is going to qualify out of the group with Tip 
and we, or with uh, Limerick and with Waterford. So it's just such a massive game. Like for me, when I pick Clare, it's a very simple thing that you look at. Cork getting castigated for their defensive performance two weeks ago and Clare getting lauded for their attacking performance last week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, from our prediction standpoint, it's rarely that simple. And Derek McGrath this morning is making the point that actually there's been too much focus on the Cork backs. It's about the forward effort. It's about what they've been doing uh, in the middle third of the pitch that needs more of a magnifying glass put on it. And that's where you might not fear for Clare, but that's they're, they're probably weaker in those departments and they will be up front, certainly on the evidence of last week. So that makes me very very confused about this I don't know what's going to happen well, but more, I'm just edging Claire. the more Will was talking the more I was going with my own uh, my own prediction there um, Galway Kilkenny next Owen, Ashling, and Will all going Kilkenny and myself and Tommy have made the wise choice here with uh, with Galway and I, when you talk about Tommy agonising over which way to swing at this one like the Kilkenny obviously edging them last year in the Leinster final but generally over the last four or five years Galway having just about the edge of them you add in the Henry stuff and it brought to mind actually uh, the Brian O'Driscoll documentary that you um, chat with Henry that you produced last year and the chat mm. that he had in that do you remember he was talking about the Ballyhale stuff and how he would never be able to manage against his own and that obviously yeah. was never going to apply at inter-county level but but it does tell you about the mindset of the man and what how it, I suppose number one how hard it's going to be from. but number two he'll want to drive it home to Kilkenny I, I agree with you I agree with you I think there could be a statement performance from Galway here this weekend I think they're looking back much the same way Cork are looking back on that opening league game I think they're going to come back with a response here there were six points up on Wexford they let it slip uh, both teams had big wins last week against Westmead and Leash I don't think we can read much into that mm. I think part of the I'm surprised that Kilkenny are, are, are favourites here I, like Will I, I'd like to get your take on this why are you strong Kilkenny I would feel that Galway possibly have it on them in the physicality stakes I think that Galway are probably going to beat them when it comes to the long pucket um, I think at times with Kilkenny there's a danger that we can build them up to be something that they were before I don't think Kilkenny are the team that we've seen a couple of years ago I just think that Galway are on the rise here and that they're going to take them. Well, on the puckout point, Galway have got the worst puckout retention rate in the championship so far this year. Puckout's actually been a big problem for them so far. Have Kilkenny not been poor as well? Um, They've been better at winning secondary possession, though, after the puckout. And Kilkenny have been better at protecting their short puckout, or at least being effective with it. There's a really good piece if anyone wants to see it. I think I've plugged it probably in the hurling pod a couple of times now, too, which is um, Sean Flynn's piece, which Mm. is uh, Sean Flynn, the former uh, Tipperary analyst who's put this together, that particularly Galway have got a problem where they go one step short and then don't get the ball up to the other end of the field. I think only 12% of their puckouts in the first couple of games have actually got into the opposition half, which has been a big problem when you consider, as Tommy has mentioned, that they've got a lot of big men in their half-forward line. So in theory, you would imagine that mixing up the puckouts and maybe going a bit longer might actually give them more ball retention. But so far, they've been trying to work the ball through the lines. It's been you know mixed effectiveness so far. Look, the thing is, I'd be a lot more confident about Galway if Conor Whelan was fit. And uh, Conor Whelan's hamstring appears to be keeping him out for another week, maybe two weeks, so he's definitely going to miss this Kilkenny game. I think that strips a lot away from their full forward line. He would have kept Hugh Lawler incredibly well occupied this weekend in Salt Hill had he been fit to play. Galway have been just, again, very much the unknown entity is what's been said about Galway so far this year. Like, against Wexford, as you mentioned... They're six points up going down the stretch and even they've got a four-point lead when it goes to injury time. They should have been closing Mm. out that game. And in the first half of that game, they should have been far more clinical, which they weren't up front. 
But if it clicks for them, and like if Carl Mannion particularly starts to pull the strings further out the pitch, this Galway team have got all the ability to take down Kilkenny this weekend. But Kilkenny have been good, have been really, really good this year. And like I take Taggy Fogarty's point on OTBM earlier this week, which is that because of the way that the fixtures have fallen, really beating Dublin in Parnell Park is maybe the only big performance that Kilkenny have had to put in so far this year because Waterford were already effectively qualified for the league final and they lost the league semi-final away from home against Cork. But Kilkenny have been solid and I like the way that the fixtures fell for Kilkenny because they needed their players to come back in, especially the Ballyhale players. They had Leash and Westmead in the first two weeks of this round robin, able to just ease it back in, get TJ Reid his first championship start against Leash last weekend and now they look primed to go across the Shannon and have an assault on Galway this weekend. I fancy Kilkenny by a couple of points and Kilkenny should sweep out their fixtures and be into the final of Leinster. I think there's a very, very good chance that Kilkenny go three in a row in Leinster this year. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm with Mandal. I think if, if you're ever looking for a compass on life in general, you can always look to the Star Wars prequels. And uh, what we have this week is Anakin versus uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And uh, what you have, what Star Wars tells us is that the apprentice will get beaten initially. He will literally have the legs cut from underneath him, but he might come back a more darker force at some point in the future and eventually gain his revenge. So this Cody versus Shefflin rivalry may be something that we see over the next little while this week. I'm picking Cody over Shefflin. All right. It might only have a couple of years in it, of course, for, uh, for obvious reasons, but we'll see. Uh, on to the football, the serious stuff, uh, Tommy. So here's we go with uh, Tyrone Derry to begin with. And it's uh, Tyrone across the board, apart from Tommy. Now, mm. I do have uh, form, obviously, see Galway, for uh, underrating the underdogs. But uh, you're not going to get caught, Tommy, you're Derry all the way. Oh, I'm... Derry all the way. Can you say I'm Derry all the way? I'm, well, I'm you're down there in red and, red and white. So it's a big call from Tommy Rooney. It? Mm. It, it is a big call. I just think this game is far closer than 3-1 to one or whatever the odds are. I think Toronto won to 3 on. I'm... Okay, Toronto had a game against Romano, which is massive for them. And the last time we saw Derry, they had stuttered towards the end of that league campaign. But I just think Rory Gallagher has had his eye on Tyrone. He knew he'd be facing Tyrone the All-Ireland champions in the Ulster quarterfinal. Rory Gallagher wants to win Ulster. He's a traditionalist. He had, we had him on the football pod last year. Didn't want to hear anything about Proposal B because he wants to win Ulster. I just think that he's got this Derry side primed for this. I really do. Um, wasn't convinced by the Fermanagh performance by Tyrone. Those two goals they conceded later on, people can swat them away and say, oh, they'd switched off or... You know, they were in a really strong position and they're just I championship football doesn't work like that. I just think things aren't hundred percent in that camp. I really don't. We know about the departures and I'm not blown up beyond what it is. I, I just think that it, things aren't hundred percent. I think Conor McKenna being back is a getting a suspension overturned is a big plus for them. Um I know Derry lost Kieran McFall. The throne have lost seven footballers in that camp that would be making a big difference in training or would be knocking on the door to get starting. I don't think that depth is there. Derry should have beaten Donegal last year. They have Shane McGuigan back. If McGuigan was there, they probably would be promoted and to be in Division 1 if he was there against Roscommon in the last couple of minutes. Probably would have scored that free. I'm back in Derry voice. Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting point on McGuigan, especially because I, I guess I kind of overlooked that when like one of my arguments here is that Derry tailed off at the end of the league. When you're missing your main scoring threat, uh, chances are you're going to tail off at the end of the mm. league. And like for me, I'm kind of using that as a sort of 
their their form is on uh, a, a bit of a dip, kind of like we were looking at Armagh at the end of the league, being like they're on a bit of a dip. And I think that kind of those chickens came home to roost last week a little bit for Armagh. So I'm kind of looking at Derry in the same way. And the fact that this hasn't been a rivalry recently, this used to be in the nineties. This was an absolutely ferocious rivalry. I think I speak for everybody when I say we want to see a fight this weekend. We want to see an all-out brawl this weekend because that will signify that Tyrone versus Derry is back as a rivalry, and that will be the flag that to, to, to suggest that, that this thing is real and we have an actual contest. So that's the base we're operating off here. That we actually get, you know, a contest. I think it will be. I think Derry proved against Donegal last year they are able to mix it with the top teams, but I still think there's a long road for them to go before they actually beat one of these teams um, maybe maybe they'll have travelled that and they'll get the job done this weekend but I'm, I'm surprised you've actually gone for them to win the game as opposed to just saying it's going to be close to the weekend Tommy and like also the Rory Gallagher wants to win Ulster like to use your analogy Luke Skywalker wanted Darth Vader to be a loving father but it was never going to happen <laughs> <laughs> not to ruin that analogy but he was the loving father he was so what you're saying is Tommy's he, right after he drank all. out of a coffee mug that's world's best dad <laughs> uh, right I mean I, I, I actually I'm buying the Tyrone are not all might not be all that they're um, that they were last season obviously and the, and the departures obviously will probably play out in the long run I just don't believe it's against Derry uh, Westmead Longford let's have a gander Tommy's not having that that's fine we've finally all concluded we've all drawn the right conclusion on a game and we've all gone for Westmead I really am great I'm, uh, this could be the high when I talk about Liverpool earlier I've been at the high water mark of their trajectory I feel that right now could be the high water mark of Westmead summer because uh, I I have to say that um, I have become disillusioned by um, predicting Westmead to win games they turned up at the end of the league I mean I don't even know if, if I feel as strongly as that but let's go with that uh, they, they didn't turn up against Longford the way they, they did not they did not they scraped a draw against Romana at the end they beat Antrim up north but Will as you absolutely rightly point out that four point loss to Longford and Mullingar was the absolute kick in the stones that resulted in them not getting uh, out of the riffraff as I think I described it earlier in the year of Division 3 and away from an area that they don't belong in I have absolutely lost confidence in predicting with any sort of uh, sense of certainty as to what's going to happen with them but like they are to make a case for them they are along with Down and Offaly amongst the highest ranked obviously the teams that are uh, I'm talking about the Talton Cup now in the in the certainty that Westmead are going to get to a Leinster final and uh, you know again lift themselves up by the collar um, so look I don't know the, I'm hoping that this weekend and it's a hope now rather than with any great confidence but that we can keep the Sam Maguire fire burning and uh, you know that it's not back to the Talton Cup with us Longford beat you in the league yeah, four points, but... but that's, uh, that's what cost you promotion. It totally did. It absolutely did. But um, I, maybe that was the kick in the arse they needed. That, you know, this... We talked about it at that time that, like, Longford are this county that are very wound up by the Westmead rivalry, whereas Westmead don't really care about it. And maybe Westmead were just a bit complacent in a way that that's been removed now. It's interesting as well, lads, for this fixture. You know, we talk about, you know, Shefflin against Cody where you've got Billy O'Loughlin, who finished his club career playing with St. Lomans alongside the likes of Ron O'Toole and John Heslin. And he also relegated his native county, Leash, in the last round of the league. Longford actually finished the league pretty strongly. 
Offaly ended up playing both of these teams in challenge games over the last few weeks. Offaly put five goals past Westmead and then went and could only score one twelve against Wexford. But the reason that they probably <laughs> couldn't score against Wexford last Too week late. was because the injuries they picked up against Longford the week before in a challenge game. So I think um, Westmead will go back with Ronan Wallace, Ronan Wallace even at full back for this Longford game. They've kind of been trying things out during challenge games since the league, but they played very well in the last game against Antrim. Actually finished the league reasonably okay after that Longford defeat, which took promotion out of their own hands so I think I think Westmead will be better than they were nearly a month ago when they played Longford in the league but beware of the fact that Longford hammered Leash, and I know Leash conceded a lot against Wicklow last week but when things were on the line in a Moore Park against Leash in the last round of the league Longford came and really delivered to stay up in that last round game so this is actually quite, quite a tricky one but I, I think Westmead just have enough across their panel Can I just say that I would have Westmead down as one of my favourites for the Tatchin Cup. I really think that they're the type of county that could produce something in a competition like that. I think that they've been a very good place to do it. I agree with Will, it's going to be close, but I, I kind of think that Westmead are going to have enough this weekend. John Hessen didn't perform the last day, and home advantage is massive when it comes to championship. So I'm, I'm going with Westmead. Yeah, and challenge games. I mean, thanks for the information, Will, and all that, but uh, you know, it's just totally irrelevant, on. I wouldn't be worried about changing your pick. The, the only way we look foolish is if we all go for the exact same team and that team fails to win. So, yeah. like, no pressure, but our reputation of all five of us included here is yeah. on the shoulders of the Westmeath football team. I've, I've said before, <laughs> and I'll repeat it again, that there is nothing that makes me, literally nothing on this planet that makes me more apprehensive than uh, following Westmeath matches, Not particularly, even the, particularly well on Midlands 103. I have to say, there's nothing... That right. makes me more apprehensive as to what the hell is actually going to happen. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a, a positive thing about my presenting is, or the commentary or it's what way you It's hugely positive it? across the board. It's it, The know. apprehensiveness is wound up in the fact that they just have an inability to thump mediocrity like Longford out the gap. Mm. So that's mm. all I'm saying. Clare against Limerick. That's the, that's the clip that comes that's back the to the yeah. Clare against Limerick. Uh-oh. Listen, well, again, I have form. <laughs> Here we go again. It's Clare across the board. Tommy... Yeah, I'm intrigued by this one. I'm going to the game tomorrow even. Both counties have had injury troubles over the last two months, quite a few. Um, Limerick had a very strong Division 3 campaign. They were missing a couple of players in that league final. I really don't think we saw the best of Limerick. And even saying that, they probably still could have beaten Loud and probably should have beaten Loud. And we've given Loud a lot of credit for their, their Division 3 campaign. Limerick had a couple of goal chances. Like one, Josh Ryan could have been through on goal and he took a point. Um, they were missing Brian Donovan. If Brian Donovan is back this weekend, he is a massive addition to Limerick. Limerick are definitely on the rise. There's really good stuff going on in, in the background in terms of academy level. Um, they've you know probably lost a lot of players over the last seven or eight years that they could do it right now. There was a Munster Championship game a couple of years ago. Limerick's midfield was Will Dunhu and Garrod Hegarty. If they had the two of them this weekend in midfield, I'd be mm. backing them. But I just think Clare have earned the right to be in Division 2 over the last couple of years. They're a very strong side couple of injury doubts around a couple of key players but most of the main forwards are back this weekend and Cusick Park home advantage such a big thing in championship it sounds like a cliche but it's not it's such a big thing so I'm back and clear well 
Yeah, Clare, a good, solid team. Um, obviously, Limerick, a bit like I'm sure we'll talk about loud in a moment, are coming with a you know, huge amount of momentum behind them with the way that they've played in the league so far this year. But I think Clare probably just to step up on the opposition that Limerick have been playing. And yeah, as a result, I think Clare at home take this one against their neighbours. All right, last one we're coming to is Kildare against Louth. And it's Kildare across the board. And as Tommy said, look at Louth, have been given plenty of credit. They've obviously thumped Carlo out the gap the last couple of weeks. And they are a coming team, but Kildare... Uh, are also a coming team but just at a different level I think yeah the forwards that are going to be on show this weekend are going to be absolutely excellent it's uh, obviously there's been a a lot spoken about uh, Samuel Roy and then obviously to to a lesser extent uh, Grimes and Byrne chipping in with I think goals each last week wasn't it and the the, the five goal mauling Uh, and then on the other side that Kildareful forward line is something that I think we probably were <clears throat> excited about even before ball was kicked this year like I mean it was took a while to see Derek Kerwin actually get into that team because of injury troubles after the, that injury for Nace last year uh, and like obviously the, the rest of their talent in that full forward line has been spoken about so like you could expect something chaotic and brilliant attacking wise to happen just like we saw in the Leinster Football Championship last weekend but we still have to talk about a team who almost stayed up in Division 1 against a team uh, who are a Division 2 team and maybe would be doing well to, to establish themselves as a, as a Division 2 team so much like Claire Lim these are teams operating at different planes but the chance of an upset isn't isn't an, an outlandish one whatsoever and I know Ger has been very very worried all week about this fixture ah, but if Kildare have really moved into the next phase then this is a fixture that they should be winning I think this could Not, be one that could, one could be 10 or 12 points like here we go again surely these are teams like, but we're talking about Kildare nobody's talking about Kildare winning All-Ireland right? but you are talking about them giving some of those contenders a serious push like, I, Louds deserve abs- all the credit in the world. They thumped Carlo last weekend. That's their form in the championship. Carlo, are, the, yeah. go on. I think Loud would much have preferred this game to be in Navin. Leash losing meant that this game went to O'Connor Park and Tullamore. So I think Loud really would have preferred it to be in Navin. Uh, they scored five goals against... Uh, I'm kind of agreeing with you. <laughs> I actually think that... The, Carlo are bad. Carlo are desperate and like about, Loud yeah. I, I don't want to be taken away from what Loud have done far be it for me to sort of be having a pop at random county zone <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> all I'm saying is Kildare uh, on the face of it like what, what, let's go around the table to wrap this up what do we what do you Will what are your, uh, what's your score differential here uh, I'm very mindful that the last time Kildare went to O'Connor Park in a game around this stage in the Leinster Championship I think Owen was covering it for off the yeah. ball of the day they lost out to Carlo um, mm. I, look I think Kildare probably by three or four points but I don't think it's going to be much more than that genuinely Tommy. like Loud are flying Loud are flying Loud have a very good record against Kildare the last time Loud scored five goals in a championship match lads 1957 it was against Kildare and Loud went on and won the All-Ireland that year so Look, and I'm not one for signs and, and reference referencing back to the fifties, like some counties like Mayo. But what I would say is that Kildare could possibly and this is more so a shout out for that team last night, Kildare could possibly start their forward line from the other twenties tomorrow. Um some of them. Shane Farrell, number twelve as midfield, was unbelievable. Adam Fanning and Owen Bagnell in the corner. Could probably start them on, on Sunday and or and they they give a, uh, probably win it like. You know? What are you going for on? Points differential. Six. I'd be more interested in hearing how many goals there will be in this game and I know that's reading a lot into what happened last week in the Leinster Championship but I think we're going to go back to back weeks and some, some madness this weekend with the with the exception of Dublin winning well I think I'm going to go for A points between them I do think that if if foreign minds carry out that's roughly what should be between them I think actually I don't know what the the uh, the 
betting differences. Handicap, handicap is five points. I'm going five for four. Points. I'll go for eight. Hold on now. Have you been talked back from 12 points back to I eight? Said or 12. 12. I said 10 or 12. Will. I said He's 10 or 12, I said 10 or 12. Let's be clear. But I'll bring myself back to eight just to be... I'm, Loud have won seven games in a row. You know I'm, uh, you know I'm conservative, Will, so I'll, I'll come back a small bit on that. I, to clarify as well, what I was saying about Brian Cote earlier on is that he... How long more will he be the manager of Kilkenny? That was the point. I, I sort of felt that everybody would understand that. It seems like there might have been a bit of confusion there. That's the point I'm making about that. Uh, and one comment here before we wrap it up. Sort your life out on YouTube says the Talton Cup is dead on arrival. If the GEA or the Sky can't pony up some cameras for Division 2 level championship matches, they definitely won't give a damn about other teams from lower divisions. And like, look, I, we won't know until we see the games. evidence of it. Go on, will you? I think there's only three games set to be televised as things stand. I don't know if they're going to change that, but like, you kind of feel like you're in some kind of underground society trying to find out about the Talton Cup because yeah. we don't even know if there's going to be a preliminary round because we have to wait to see what teams get to provincial finals. It's due to start on the last week of May. I think mm -hmm. as things stand, because RT put out the big wall chart of their fixtures for the year, I think they're showing both semi-finals and the final. I'm not sure if another broadcaster is going to step in to show earlier rounds, but at the moment, given that Sky's picks would be fairly limited at that time and they'd be taking quarters and semis in the All-Ireland Championship, it could just be three games and out in the Talton Cup on the TV. And like listening to some of the defeated managers last week as well, the fear is that the best Talton Cup players are going to be on show in the Boston County Championship yeah. as opposed to in the Talton Cup. They do have to wait until their counties are out before they can play in the States. Oh, oh, do they? That, that comes with yeah. the official transfer paperwork and all that. Ah, I see. Mm. Didn't know that. That's that was probably, that was probably a nugget couple, in the couple, football pod that I didn't hear. No, it wasn't. It was... Um, yeah, like there's a couple of quirks with New York and stuff, but no, I... I but they might just yeah. go and enjoy themselves well, exactly. and not play. Absolutely. They might just get out of there. Oh, anyway. absolutely. And yeah. there are... Play, there are There's going to be a couple in every county that are going to go, but I also think that the counties are going to take it seriously. I do think what Will is saying, another broadcaster has to step in. Like, Wicklow Leash last week, Unbelievable. Imagine that game was televised or we even had a YouTube stream. Like uh, There was a huge buzz around the Clare in the 20s last night because TG Carr had it on a YouTube stream and there was thousands of people watching it. They got to see a quality level of football between Clare and Dublin. And those lads are being talked yeah. about today. They're in the papers. People are going to remember their performances because they got to see them. Just put the games on. Yeah, but like also the, the reverse sort of European Super Cup idea, all the counties that are not Kerry and Dublin and Mayo and Donegal and Tyrone maybe it's sort of at Galway it sort of ends there should bandy together and do something about this like the lack of exposure and coverage for the counties that exist beyond that which is 90% of counties is is awful like it it's it makes you entirely switch off from it and it's um, something the, needs to be done about that it, the only thing like, is Adrian the, the format to show it is actually there like they could use yeah. GA Go like this weekend GA yeah. Go is showing Cork against Clare because it clashes with uh, Kilkenny and Galway is on at the same time that's on TV and RT and GA Go are showing the other game for a tenner because these games are going to have to be filmed for the Sunday game anyway sure. I think GA Go should actually roll out a lot more Talton Cup coverage than maybe they would have planned yeah. beforehand what are they afraid of like they're afraid that people won't turn up and go to games people want to go to stuff Put it on for anyone else that wants to watch it. Yeah, I'm with you, Tommy. Uh, mm -hmm. Bo Sang David on YouTube says, Carlo are bad, in inverted commas. Owen's comment from a bit earlier on. Just made me laugh out loud in an open plan office. Hope that becomes a clip. Mm. There was a <laughs> lot of stuff going tricky. on there I for know, a clip. You're going to laugh at this. Carlo made it tricky last week for Loud. 5-10 to 10 sounds like a smashing, but Loud weren't flying last week. Now, I don't think a Mickey Hartside is getting beaten by 12 points, Adrian. I'm surprised you said that. Well, I actually, if you if you rewind the tape there... He said six. I went for eight. It'll be four in 15 minutes. I went for eight. I went for eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Loud will be winning by Saturday. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, right. Fair play. <laughs> Good luck. Cheers. Take Let's it easy. I absolutely adore them lads. I have unbelievable time from, but they're, they're a great bunch, but it's not acceptable. It is uh, 10 to 9, or coming up on 10 to 9. Uh, where did you say you're off to this weekend? Uh, the Kildare match. I'm off to this weekend. I'm not going to. What do I have to. No, I don't. I'm not going to a game this weekend. What's no, I have the obvious follow-up question? What's what? What are you? What are you doing? I'm not working at it. What? No, I'm not I asking. What's what your general? I'm going to. Punch, I'm going to Punchestown Town today, but oh, I definitely, man. I definitely have something for Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, but I can't remember what. Are you doing like a? It's reverse reserved enclosure, sort of glasses of champers and the full. I don't think so. I no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> we both know that's not true. <laughs> Is that? I do. Yeah. I do. Oh, brilliant. Don't you? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, you do. Ah, oh, fantastic. <laughs> 10 to 9. Up next, we're going to have an OTBM debut for the former England international, Matt Jarvis. First, Anthony Moyles joined uh, Conleth Gilligan with Nathan last night. They spoke about how Derry, they were predicting how Derry could beat uh, Tyrone this weekend.